Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to a very special edition of Bah Humbug, and I am absolutely delighted tonight to be joined by David E. Talbert, director of Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey. Welcome. How are you doing? Good to be here. Thanks for having yeah. me. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Yeah, so I was <laughs> over there. Uh, um, yeah, it was Happy Christmas, they were saying. I'm like, what does that mean? But uh, yeah, <laughs> happy Christmas to you. So, I mean, tell me about this film. This is this is a story and an idea you've been developing for, I think, 22 years, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. Was it always a Christmas story? It, it, it was really just a story of whimsy and wonder that um, it could have been set at any time, but there's just something magical about the holiday season when you set things. So, um, uh, so yeah, so I wanted to be that backdrop, but all the films that I loved growing up all had a European backdrop. You know, they were all shot over there or even they felt like they were chitty, chitty, bang, bang. I don't think Willy Wonka was shot there. It just felt like it was. Yeah, very much uh, set there. Here, though, yeah. uh, Mary Poppins, Dr. Doolittle. And so when it was time for me to do mine, I knew it had to have a European backdrop. Yeah, it feels it feels kind of just quite timeless and magical, yeah. I think, as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have to ask, because I also uh, do another, uh, I'm associated with Empire Magazine as well, and we talk a lot about superhero movies. And when I saw this, I sent a message to one of my friends going, this is like a Wakandan Christmas carol. And I've read in interviews <laughs> since that there is actually a reference to Wakanda in there, which is amazing. There is. There's a uh, Easter egg, right, when Geronicus is opening up his trunk right before he finds a glass cube. It says it has stickers of all the places he's traveled, all these countries around the world. And there's a sticker that says a grand country of Wakanda. So, <laughs> so maybe Buddy is part vibranium. Uh, you know, I don't know. I 100% believe that. Yeah. That is now absolutely my headcanon. I will accept no other yeah, explanation. Yeah. But I mean, you know, forgive me, I'm the whitest person alive, but let's talk about race for a minute because it feels like all of those films you mentioned growing up are super duper white. Uh, most Christmas films, with mm -hmm. the exception of mm -hmm. some you've made yourself and a few other mm -hmm. um, notable examples, mm -hmm. Are very white Christmas movies. You well, know? I'm the so, biggest, blackest, whitest man you've ever met. Now, <laughs> my wife laughs at me because all these films I love were little beautiful white British kids that were running around <laughs> singing. And when I was showing my son Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, uh, which is my favorite, I'm sitting there, hi ho, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. I'm just having a good old time. And I'm looking over at him and he's staring at me. I know he's probably saying, who is this man? <laughs> 
<laughs> and then he said he wanted to go and play with his Legos. He wasn't into the movie. I'm like, well, you don't what, what? You don't want to see this? This is like the best movie ever. He's like, no, I want to play with my Legos. And he went up and walked away. And that's when it hit me. You know, growing up for me, I didn't have a. There was no option uh, mm-hmm. of of what the wonder and magic or what. Uh, representation was there was no representation matters or black lives matter movement in the 1960s when i was growing up uh but he has black panther on his wall and miles morales so he is used to representation and that's when it hit me that i needed not only do this now but i need to make sure it has representation so my son and kids like him can see themselves in these worlds yeah it's amazing. And it feels like this year of all years, like it's incredibly important just to, to see that on screen. And, and it feels like we're reaching some kind of breakthrough and, and some kind of real step forward it, after it, a long time. It feels that way, but it feels more in an organic way. It doesn't feel like it's a press release or it's a, or it's a, a something for the moment, you know, mm-hmm. but it feels like it's an organic way to say not to shove black stories down, but but to put human stories mm-hmm. of heart and love and humanity that just happen to have people of color. And so that we can see that that we're all connected by our love, by our joy, by our hopes, by our heartache. Uh, we're all connected. And, and so it's my hope to normalize people of color in these worlds. I want to talk more about the, the film itself because it is, first of all, it, like it's extraordinary looking, just the color palette, the costumes. I would wear every single character's <laughs> entire costume like at any point. I mean, it, it just feels like you were given a this massive like playpen and this kind of treasure chest. It, it was. It was Michael Wilkinson, who's two-time Oscar-nominated um, costume designer, British, um, he built all these wonderful Victorian um, outfits, but because they were black people in the 1800s, they were only one generation removed from Africa mm-hmm. or they had, you know, had fleed from um, America. So we wanted to make sure they were still connected to their culture. So we asked Michael to mix in African patterns. And that's where the vibrancy comes in there. And we yeah. created something called Afro-Victorian. But that's why it's just, it's a burst of just, whoa, when you see it and. <laughs> And that was my wife and Michael Wilkinson's collaboration. That's amazing. And and just, it feels very steampunk as well. Was that sort of conscious? Yeah, well, I watched um, Hugo by Scorsese mm-hmm. and I just mm-hmm. loved what he was doing in the steampunk world with the clock and everything. So I said, I love that. And I want to kind of mix in my Willy Wonka and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang with a little steampunk, with a little bit of African, um, the culture of that and kind of put it all in a pot and this is what you get. It's amazing. Um, And what about the musical numbers as well? Because I talk to a lot of directors and they basically say that a musical is just about the hardest thing you can possibly do. Like it it doesn't get it's it's expert level filmmaking. So, you know, did you have any trepidation about that or coming from a stage background? Did that kind of feel like, you know, I can get there? Yeah, that was the least of my worries. I grew up in a black church where music was just in the fabric of, you know, I grew up, my earliest memories were my mother saying, clean up the house to my brother and I on Saturday mornings. And But she was playing Aretha Franklin, Al Green, Mahalia Jackson, James Cleveland. So I grew up with music in my bones in the church. And then the plays 
I understood music and how it, it moves the narrative. So that was the easiest thing, really, for me, which is funny you should say. People say it's the hardest. That was the easiest part of it. <laughs> so what, what worried you? Probably the choreography, because watching movies like Oliver, um, another one shot there, yeah, but yeah. and even Mary Poppins. I remember um, the uh, up on the rooftop, the um, the chimney sweeps. Oh my God! And the dancing. I said, oh, and the Oliver when they were going, you know. And I said, oh, got to pick a pocket or two. And I'm like, whoa! Those are the ones that I think are rocket scientists the choreographers yeah. and the yeah. cameraman, Remy Otta Ferrison, who's of course uh, Academy Award nominated British cinematographer and our choreographer, Ashley Wallen, who did The Greatest Showman, who's Australian. So, but I think they're the geniuses because yeah. how do you mix in the dancing with the camera and, and make that look wonderful, so. Yeah, N naming no names, but there's another musical film this Christmas that didn't quite get that actually. So it when, was it was funny because when I talked to Ashley Wallen, the choreographer, I referenced the MGM musicals, the those big dance scenes, and I said, I want to see full body choreography. I don't want to see cuts and in between. So we would shoot it so you could see all of the dancing. Because I think that's what people look watch a musical for. Yeah. Not to yeah. be uh, uh you know seduced with edits, but they want to see the 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 brilliance of the full body choreography. Absolutely. So tell me about your cast, because you've got this incredible lineup of people. Was there any, you know, hesitation about throwing themselves into a musical? Were they were they, you know, game for it from the from the get-go? Well I didn't know Keegan could sing. I, right? I didn't know Forrest could sing. And of course I knew Anika Noni Rose could sing. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. yeah, but and then we discovered uh, Lisa Davina Phillip, who's a British um, actress, um, mm -hmm. stage actress, her first film. And um, but no, there wasn't. I think I think everyone was excited with the, the, the chance to do something um, groundbreaking. And they trusted that we were surrounded with Phil Lawrence, who's eight-time Grammy winner with all the Bruno Mars songs, John Legend, uh, Harvey Mason Jr. I mean, yeah. they knew they were in good hands. Um, so I think they were just excited to, to take a swing and see what what they could get done. Yeah. I mean, they, they nailed it. I mean, I've heard you're taking the show to Broadway, you know, oh, COVID yeah. permitting. So oh, yeah. how's that working out? Well, Broadway... I mean, I'm a filmmaker, but I'm a playwright in uh, mm. theater. Theater flows through my veins. And it's been a lifelong dream of mine to have a play on Broadway. Amazing. And so, and when I was in London there shooting the film, we would go down to the West End and we would see, I mean, I saw so many from Six down there to oh, yeah. um, Matilda, um, the Lion King. Uh, I saw a bunch of plays down there. Even uh, Tina, when she was oh, launched yeah. there, that I saw that there. So I was just seeing plays and plays and plays. So it's a dream of mine now to not only do it on Broadway, but to go back to London and have something show there on the West End. Amazing. Def okay, so that's a, that's a date next Christmas that's then, done right? Deal. <laughs> done deal. Hi, everybody. My name's Helen. And I'm Kobe. And we're from Flix Watcher, a podcast in the strip media family. 
We are a movie podcast and we review films that are just on Netflix in the UK. So if you've ever struggled to find a film on Netflix to watch, we're the podcast for you. We have guests on from other podcasts, big and small, just like these guys that you listen to now. They choose the films and we rate them and discuss them with our unique scoring system. You can find Flix Watcher on any podcast app by searching Flix Watcher. That's F L I X Watcher. And if you want more information about any of the other podcasts in the Strip Media family, just visit www.stripped.media to find out more. And I've got to let you go in a couple of minutes, but uh, but what's what's next for you? Have you got uh, have you got another Christmas film lined up, please? I, I think this is my trilogy. I think I think, <laughs> but you know, I always have holidays as a backdrop. Hmm. I just love I just love the holiday season. I love um, the beauty in it, but also the pain that's in it, the love and the loss. I love those contrasting emotions and and how to get past that to get to the joy, you know? Mm-hmm. So so we should do Bah Humbug. We should make this uh, annual. Um, every two years I do a movie, we talk about uh, how the holidays ended up as a backdrop of my film. Uh, that would be awesome. All right. Okay. So I will see you back here <laughs> two years time with your next movie. It's a date. All right. That's fantastic. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, and yeah, best of luck with whatever comes next. Broadway, another movie, whatever order it comes in. Can't wait to see it. All right. If I get there to the West End, we'll make sure we invite you out. All right. Awesome. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers. Happy Christmas. Thanks a lot. Happy Christmas. Thanks so much. If you've enjoyed listening to Bar Humbug, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts because it really helps other people find the show. You can also subscribe so you automatically get the rest of this podcast lined up hassle-free and it's only going to be a limited run up to Christmas. It won't be using up all your data. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can pre-order my book, Women vs. Hollywood, The Fall and Rise of Women in Film, which comes out in February 2021. You can also, of course, find me in Empire Magazine, which is the world's best film magazine for my money. And I'm on the Empire podcast every week and host the podcast, His Darker Materials, to coincide with BBC HBO drama, His Dark Materials. If you'd like to connect with me or comment on the show or have any queries or comments, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Helen L. O'Hara, or you can email producers at stripped.media. And I'd like to thank all the people who have made this podcast happen. Thanks to all the team at Strip Media, including Ben Williams, who edits this podcast, as well as Tom Wally, Dave Corkery and Kobe Omanaka, who have all helped produce and put this show together. Thanks also to all of my guests who have been absolutely wonderful in giving up their time to watch some Christmas films that are not always 100% great. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and others produced by Strip Media, please visit www.stripped.media to find out more. And that's it. Merry Christmas. You just heard a Stripped Media production. <laughs>